You're listening to Magrito Podcast Network, celebrating the culture of Chicanos and Latinos one story and voice at a time. Connect on social, on Instagram and Facebook at Magrito. Find all the Magrito Podcast Network shows over at magrito.net. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Emo Brown, the podcast brought to you by the wonderful people at Grasshopper. Happy anniversary to the big bosses at Grasshopper celebrating their one year anniversary yesterday on 420. For all your medicinal, recreational and cannabis needs, Grasshopper, chbugs.com. Take your card, 15% when you make the card clap. Today, the fourth piece of the Chula Vista mayoral candidate glove. Mr. Rudy Ramirez. Bienvenido, Rudy. I'm happy to be here. I've been reaching out. We've been kind of flirting online on Twitter to figure it out until you finally gave me your number. And then we sat down and we were able to make this work. And here you are. I tell you, you have a following, man. They've been, they've been, as soon as I, I went out and I started actively reaching out to mayoral candidates for our fair city here in Tula Vista, they're like, you got to find Rudy. I said, you got to get Rudy. Right when I came in upstairs, uh, one of our guys, well, not one of our guys, somebody that's helping us can for tomorrow and package was like, hey, is that Rudy in the lobby? I was like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, thank you, man. Thank you for bringing Rudy in. I didn't know if you were going to bring him in to have him talk. So when I tell you, man, your, your, your reputation precedes you, I'm 100% with that. Rudy Ramirez, bienvenido. It's awesome to meet you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, let me just say, it's great to be here and it's great to hear that, you know, I mean, I'm a candidate and so I'm trying to get out there and I'm trying to, to um, get reacquainted. I've been out of politics for a number of years now, but, but uh, it's nice to, to be back in and to, uh, and to be remembered in some circles, you know, and I'm working very hard to get my name out there again and get my message out. So I appreciate the opportunity to be here and, and talk to you. Absolutely. You were a Chula Vista through and through. You were telling me Chula Vista, you went to Castle Park Elementary. Yeah. Castle Park Middle School, yeah. Castle Park High School. And now here you are, a businessman from Chula Vista. Yeah. Voted into city council in 2006. Right. Why run for Chula Vista mayor? Because that's the kind of thing, don't you think, that history is what pre- I think prepares you to be a, 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 a strong political leader? You know, you got you to gotta demonstrate your commitment. Uh, you can't just talk about it. You have to have demonstrated it with your history. And I never left the hood, you know, could have left. Um, you know, my first wife, I brought her down from, from the Carmel Valley area. Imagine that. She had a, a home out there. And I brought her, I convinced her to come down here. To come South, to Chula Vista. Southwest Chula Vista. And so we raised our daughter down here, you know. And, uh, and uh, I mean, that, that marriage fell, fell apart, <laughs> unfortunately. But, uh, but, yeah, no, I have a strong commitment to this community. My parents, 92-year-old parents, Still live in the house that I grew up in. That is awesome, man. Heck yeah. Close to uh, Palomar and Hilltop there. And my brother is a, a police sergeant here in Chula Vista, the Chula Vista PD. You know, my sisters, um, you know, live in, in, uh, in Chula Vista. Well, one lives in Bonita, but, you know, the whole family is here, you know. And, uh, and uh, this, is, this is my hood. This is where my homeboys are. This is, uh, this is where I grew up. And this is the place I want to serve. And, you know, you were mentioning how, you know, being in business. Uh, I, I was a, I was in the metal fabrication business for 30 years. My company was San Diego Architectural Metals. All right. So um, so I got I got 
kind of thrown into that business. But the interesting thing was that this was in the late 1980s that uh, I kind of became an activist for small business owners along Main Street uh, because we were going through a little bit of a gentrification thing down there. They, since uh, ever since, apparently, then, huh? Well, you know, Chulavista annexed the Montgomery area of, of uh, you know, that, that down Main Street in 86. And so it was county, and then it came, came under um, city rules. And so there was a lot of stress about that, and a lot of us felt that we were being pushed out, you know, really. So we organized, and I kind of made a name up for myself over there at City Hall. And from that, you know, they invited me to be a part of the General Plan Update Steering Committee, and the general plan is the thing that lays out the future of your city, right? And so I got into all the land use stuff. Not a small task. It's a big role. A big, yeah. And then from that, I mean, I served on many boards and commissions, Board of Ethics uh, and uh, International Friendship Commission and just a whole bunch of stuff until then I ran in 2006 and, or, or won in 2006 and served two terms as a city councilman. And so it's that all of that experience, you know, having, you know, grown up in this town and uh, and having having worked on it uh, or worked in it on behalf of its residents or its businesses, and, you know, to culminate with a, a position on, on the city council. That experience, I think, is what uh, I think most qualifies me, you know, to, to, to now seek this higher job. It's an important job. Tell me a little about your city council experience. Uh, what exactly entails the job description of a city council member? I often hear, oh, I was in city council, or oh, I'm running for city council. There's an open chair. I want to jump in. What exactly entails the job description of a city council member for Chula Vista? So there's like a general, you know, description. I mean, you 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 are there representing, you know, the residents of of the of the community. Uh, the, but the interesting thing about that and the really, really rewarding part about that is it could be a lot of different things. And so different people take the job differently. Uh, and, you know, I can tell you that, that, um, you know, we were an, uh, a, a very active group, although I, you know, I went into office in 2006, my first real budget was in 2007 when the economist started taking a dive. I mean, this was the beginning of the great recession. That was the one. And, uh, and we were, we were actually spending less money our first budget, we were cutting. We weren't adding anything. We were trying to find out how it is we we're going to, you know, provide all the services with uh, the least amount of money, you know, and money that was dwindling, going away fast. And so that was a a, a, a tough experience. And so, I mean, in some ways, you get shaped by you know the the environment and where where you know everything is, where your community is at the moment. But uh, you know, from the very beginning, I I. Uh, I promised that I would be connected to the community because you can become isolated over there in a, in a bubble, which I think is probably a, is, is a problem that we have right now. Um, but uh, I, I uh, stand in the sense that they're out of touch currently with what's going on in the streets I or think so. okay. I think so. Yeah. I, and so I said that I wanted, I, I didn't want that to happen to me, you know, cause that'll happen to anybody if you let it. Right. So I, uh, I started my public office hours. So one day a month, the first Monday at six o'clock, uh, every month, um, I would have a public meeting somewhere in Chula Vista. I can imagine that if I if I were doing that today, I would have been in your in your brewery, probably doing one of my public office hours. But I was in people's garages. We were, you know, in people's dining rooms and some different times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were done. Sometimes we were in um, in you know rec centers, and we had you know forty fifty people, depending on the issue. And uh, and so so that you know that was the sort of stuff that um, we needed to do at the time. 
and uh, and we needed to figure out how to do more with less. And being tied to your community um, was fundamental, you know, with with all of that. So, you know, what is it? What does a city council per- person do? I mean, you 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 can kind of craft that on your own. Uh, and for me, it seemed it was important to stay connected with your community and then represent their interests at City Hall. Especially you being from here from day one. I mean, you 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 grew up here. You developed your business here. You basically jumped in and be voted into city council here. You're very well experienced and have all of the backing to jump in and become a mayor. What is it that you're looking forward to most if you are chosen mayor of Chula Vista? What do you think requires the most attention currently, rather, would be a better way to put it? Well, day one, you go in there, you sit down, you're, 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 you're strategizing, you're prioritizing. What do you have on the top of your list of things that need to be fixed or addressed here in Chula Vista? Yeah, well, you know, there's a number of important things. I mean, fundamentally, the, the biggest problem that Chula Vista has, because everything stems from that, is our jobs housing balance. You know, but I got to tell you, 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 in a campaign, you start talking about the jobs, housing balance, people's eyes glaze over. Right. And so you sometimes have to kind of uh, break that down a little bit and then talk about neighborhoods, you know. So I can tell you that here on the on the west side, I mean, we have a tremendous homeless problem. It's a crisis. And I think the city has done a horrible job, you know, really negligent in in addressing uh, the homeless issue here on the west side. And uh, I mean, you go to the, on the east side, I mean, they just got past a, a big issue when they were trying to cite a, uh, a psychiatric hospital, Psychi- yeah. you know, I fought against that. I spoke up against it. Wrong place to put that kind of a facility. Uh, right idea, but in the wrong place. And necessary, we need mm. a mental health facility in Chula Vista. It'll help us address some of the homeless issues that we need to address. It'll help us do, you know, just provide that service to local residents. But it needs to be in the right place. We knew it needs to be in a more urban area. It needs to be in a, in a place that's connected to other services, close to another hospital, um, close to our PD, close to transit. You know, none of that existed over on the on the east side. So for that neighborhood, that's you know that was a huge issue. I mean, they've got other issues. They, the the old golf course. I don't know how familiar you are, but that's the a, old, absolutely yeah. right off of East Stage, all the way down to Palomar. It's all closed down now, and uh, it's owned. What by, a great course that was once upon a time, Salt Creek, the old course, all of it. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of really cool stuff happening there. I remember being there for many different kinds of events. What's well, been closed now, mm-hmm. and they want to sell it, and and it's a lot of land. It's a lot of land, and it could be a lot of different things. I mean, it's uh, it's recreation, open space recreation is how it's zoned. And the question is, what's going to happen next? I mean, is this just going to be more housing? Is that what you want, community? And so that's an issue in that neighborhood. And and right now is the time to talk about it. Let me just tell you, in my experience, if you wait very much longer, somebody else will make that know, decision for you. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's going to be a community fighting against something they may not want, right? And, and this is where your experience and your political leadership comes in, right? Where you could say, look, we see this coming. It's on the horizon. And, and let's get together, community. What do we really want? Let's pull out some of that leadership that is over there in those neighborhoods. And, and, um, and let's start asking questions. And let's start getting people interested. Because uh, otherwise, I've seen it happen a thousand times. Uh, you know, a project will come forward. It'll be a bunch of housing, most likely, with a lot of impacts. And people will say, hey, well, what about, you know, we were promised this. You know, we weren't supposed to get this. And uh, and then we'll be fighting, you know, an uphill battle to tear something down as opposed to working together 
to build something up, you know, and something that the community wants, something that's going to enhance the quality of life. And so it kind of depends on what neighborhood you're in, you know, that, uh, that you know, what's the most important part. But I'm, um, you know, getting back to the, the, the jobs housing balance. I mean, this is, you know, about the, fi- the financial wherewithal of, uh, of your city and city services. You know, how do you, I mean, we want public safety. I, I could have started with that. Yeah. Said, let's you know prioritize it. I mean, it, it's true. It's it's uh, it's something that we uh, we should prioritize. It's something that's important. Crime is up. Um, we need to find out how we you know bring more resources online. Um, I mean, in my in my estimation, the city council is the existing people that are there failed at that. They passed a tax measure in 2018 to fund specifically those services. And, measure A. Yeah, and they've not and they've not done it. They've failed, and uh, and there's lots of ways that you could do it. And lots of ways that you can uh, enhance public safety um, that they've just not been focused on, and uh, and so I think they're de- they're detached, and uh, and we need to bring we need to bring them back. We need to, we need city hall facing outward, as opposed to facing inward, which is I think the the big problem. Yeah. That's a great answer as it relates to the first priority that you want to address and in, in, in office. Guys, I've asked everybody else who's come in. And I've gotten responses of the Bayfront is a priority. You know, I have had the homelessness answer be a, 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 something that's always addressed. I believe in every interview I've sat down with somebody, homeless is an issue. There's not an easy solution. There may not be a solution. It might be a way to just work together and 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 kind of living together with this situation. Another one is the campus, the, the a university coming to Chula Vista. What are your thoughts on some of these projects? Because the way I see it right now, Mary Salas played a pivotal role in how Chula Vista is viewed today. I mean, we're the second largest city in the County of San Diego. I've told many people often that I feel that we've been a sleeping giant. We're often overlooked. Um, we're bridging the gap between Mexico and a whole different country and San Diego, you know, and beautiful city here in our state and our country. Bridging the gap, I feel Chula Vista plays a huge role in everything. There are a lot of projects on the horizon that could potentially help take us to the next level. And that's why I like to say that Mary Salas did an excellent job representing our city and helping us take it to the next level with all these other projects. What are your thoughts on the Bayside project, Bayfront rather, finally coming to fruition, if and when, the university? Yeah. Well, let me tell you about the Bayfront because this is something that- I know you got a little experience there. Yeah. I I told you how I started with the general plan update steering committee. From the general plan update steering committee, they um, appointed me- to be on the Citizens Advisory Committee uh, on Bayfront Development. So I went through that entire process, which was uh, the work necessary to entitle the project. Uh, Before that, it was just a a dream, really, to have a development on the Bayfront. And there have been lots of starts and stops. And so we went through a a robust civic engagement process and, and got the thing entitled. I mean, paved the way for that development, which was the difficult thing. We had some 24 different interest groups represented and over years uh, came up with the existing plan that was widely accepted, right, by all of these various uh, interest groups and very importantly, the California Coastal Commission. And so, and we did that, that was, you know, I don't know, 2012, I can't remember now exactly, but around there and basically laid the table for the next phase which was the development phase. And honestly, I mean, they've been sitting on it for eight years yeah. and, uh, and it's not happened, but, and I got to tell you, it, it will happen. I mean, it, 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 I mean, it's set up to happen. The, the, you know, with the recent turns in the economy and inflation and everything else, it's, uh, it's, I think it's dicey now. Sometimes some of those projects are kind of dicey, 
but I expect that it will happen. The important thing about that project is not really necessarily that project in and of itself. It's, it's already kind of going down the road. The important thing is what's going to do to Western Chula Vista, you know, and there are good things that are going to happen and can happen. And there are bad things that could happen as well. And so we want what we need to be doing now and what I'm committed to doing right away. You asked earlier, what are we going to start working on? This is one of those things that needs to happen right away is we need to be able to develop a process where we're beginning to get, think about what's, how is that project going to affect Western Chula Vista? What's it going to do in our commercial corridors? I mean, the developer there has already said that for some of their conventions, they're going to need like another, you know, 20, 2,600 rooms or something like that. Are those bedrooms going to be, you know, filled in downtown San Diego? Or are we going to take care of them here? I mean, what is it going to mean for Third Avenue? And what are the sorts of things that we need to do as a city government, as a community to capture those good things, you know? And what is it that we're going to need to do to mitigate for some of the, the you know, the, the, the effects, the bad effects, the things that we don't want? Um, and so that's what it's about. It's going to be about thinking about that, that next step that we know is going to happen from my understanding, there's no plan yet to, to develop that. And, uh, and that's important. Now you're talking about homelessness. You know, I don't agree that it is an insurmountable problem. It's a highly complex problem and there are different facets to it. And we say homeless, but there's all kinds of different homeless and different situations. Not all situations are the same, obviously. They're not all the same, but you know something, we've been thinking about this and looking at it across the country uh, in California as well. And it's not like we don't know what we need to do. We know what we need to do. What we don't have is, I think, the political will to really face it. Um, some of it is going to be um, about enforcing public camping laws, you know? Um, I mean, and, and there's, believe it or not, there are people that on the other side of that who think that no, it should be somebody's right to be able to camp out on a public sidewalk. And so we're going to have to deal with some of those tough issues, right? And move forward immediately. I mean, I have in my own neighborhoods down in Southwest uh, a tremendous problem. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, there was somebody sleeping on my my front yard. Uh, you know, there's 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 crime. Uh, there was a fire two months ago at a destroyer camp. Do you know what a destroyer camp is? No. So a destroyer camp is a place where that, um, you know, mostly a lot of homeless people congregate, but it's more than that. There's a criminal element where they, you know, they do everything that you can imagine. They, they have, um, you know, in this particular camp, we have it in Southwest, we have, there's prostitution, there are guns, there's drug, um, you know, drug dealing going on, drug manufacturing. We're told that the, the fire was a meth lab. Uh, second fire, you know, almost burned down a, a adjoining residential neighborhood. This isn't a, in a vacant lot that's been overtaken by squatters and allowed to stay there for years, years. I've been before the city council, you know, asking them to, to, um, uh, to address this issue. And I mean, we're asking the residents, the, the local residents there are asking for, you know, signage. We're asking, help us with this street, block off this street, try to isolate this camp from the residential neighborhood. You can do that. We, and, uh, Deaf ears, you know, they're, they're just not tuned in. But getting back to the the solutions on on homelessness, I mean, I like this idea of uh, a homeless court. We don't need to wait for the governor to pass uh, any laws or anything. We can do that here, working with our local judicial district. And uh, and so, because you can't just arrest people either, you know, because that doesn't make any sense. It costs too much money, and you're not helping anybody necessarily. 
in a lot of cases, we're going to have to compel treatment, you know, and, and, uh, and clean up the streets. We're going to have to provide housing as, as you can imagine, as varied as the homeless population is, is the type of housing that you're going to provide. You know, now they're kind of hanging their head, although the city is alienated at least three nonprofit groups, right. That do homeless services in South Bay. Um, they they want to go out on, on their own and they want to do, they're thinking of these tiny houses and they're, yeah. you know, spending a ton of money and that might help one type of homeless person. Right. But as it's, mentioned, it's different layers. As different layers, you're going to have to work regionally. You're going to have to negotiate with other cities. You're going to have to say, okay, well, look, we can provide this kind of housing for this kind of a homeless population. You know, what are you going to do over here and leverage all of those resources so that countywide, you know, we're, uh, we're dealing with this issue. I mean, that's another component. Um, I mean, we spoke earlier about the, the psychiatric hospital, yep. bringing those kinds of services. Uh, and, you know, and those are all, all have to happen now and they all have to happen at the same time. And so it's complex, but we're not going to get to it ever unless we start. And, and it just seems like people have been, you know, wringing their hands for the longest time and there's no action. And apart from the degradation to our community and the blight, uh, it's a humanitarian issue. I mean, it's not, you're not helping anybody by just walking by them and leaving them in their misery, really. And so uh, we can do better. We should do better. We need to approach it from a humanitarian standpoint um, to begin with. But we also need to be, uh, compel certain behavior, I think, and, and, uh, and bring the right services. And uh, I think we can do that. We just got to get into it. You were telling me earlier how you took a little bit of a hiatus from public service. You were voted in 2006 and your tenure ended in? 14. 2014. So from 2014 now to 2022, you're deciding to jump back in the game. Yeah. What is it that lured you back into wanting to come into public office? What, what does that conversation look like with your family? Is like, hey, I'm thinking of throwing my hat into the mayoral candidate mix. What do you guys think? Were they on board? Were they hesitant to say, hey, maybe maybe this isn't the right move? Right. Well, you know something I got, I, uh, I mean, I'm a single guy, so I didn't have to, I didn't have to battle it out with a, with my, with a wife or a spouse. Um, but, but certainly my, my family, we're a close knit family, you know, like most Mexican families were, were pretty tight. We see each other all the time. And yeah, there were people in the family thought that, you know, maybe this wasn't something that I should be thinking about, but you know, I'm compelled to do this work. It's kind of the heritage. It's my parents. Yeah who started us all, I think, uh, you know, I mean, you look at all my siblings, we're all involved in some kind of, you know, uh, profession that's involved in the community, trying to help, trying to make things better, whether it's, you know, what, you know, my veterinarian venison or my, my police officer brother, or, you know, my, my other sister who works in the medical field, it's all about helping people. It's kind of how they raised us. And so it's kind of hard to stay away, especially when you've had the experience that I've had. And, uh, and, and, where you feel that the, the, the moment in time for this community is right for what I think I, the experience and what I think I can offer. I mean, I kind of see Chula Vista as a coming out of its adolescence, you know, we're moving in, we're, we're becoming a, a serious player. Making some city. noise. We're making some noise. We're making finally. some noise. And, and, uh, and so, so that's an opportunity. It's a place where there, you know, opportunities are emerging left and right. Um, you know, and at the same time, you're, you're having to deal with some serious stuff like these homeless, you know, this homeless issue, which is complex. And so, um, I, I think it's the, the right time for me and for my experience. And, uh, and, uh, and I want to step up 
and do it. It's a, it's rewarding work too. Let me tell you, it's a very rewarding work to be able to accomplish some of the stuff that uh, that you're able to accomplish if you if you do things if you do things right. Uh, it's very rewarding too. So I mean, there's there's that selfish reason. I don't do it for the money. Trust me, <laughs> I don't do it because I need a, anything else to do necessarily. I mean, I pretty busy guy, but but um, but I'm compelled to this kind of work. You know, and and to do it in this community uh, because of everything else we've already talked about. Yeah. What does a campaign look like? I mean, it seems like it takes up a bulk of your day from the moment you get up. I'm assuming you're out either doing interviews or you're out shaking hands or you're out going and, and, and touching base with people who are have foundations or working on projects. Yeah. Take me a little bit through the day to day of Rudy Ramirez, the Chula Vista mayoral candidate. Yeah, well, it's that it's what you described. It's from from the moment I wake up. It's uh, you know responding to emails. Yeah, you're pretty active on Twitter too. So that's kind of where I follow you. Yeah. Well, we try to stay on my, I've got a good group. I got a good group of volunteers, you know, who, uh, who helped me stay on top of it. Um, I really got an amazing group of people that are helping me, you know, uh, with this, I could not do it on my own. Uh, but, but yeah, so we, we're, uh, we're, you know, from, from the, from early morning, I'm an early riser. And, uh, so from very early in the morning, I'm up, uh, you know, taking care of, uh, you know, whatever, responding to emails, raising money, as you might imagine, is a tough part. Of, no doubt uh, it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, you know, I'm not connected to any kind of interest group necessarily. I'm connected to this community, the local businesses. Um, I, in fact, I don't know if you might have read about this. It was in local, the local press, uh, you know, raised the most amount of money from Chula Vista. I was number one. Internal monies as opposed to outside interest coming in. Exactly. And, and, uh, and I didn't raise the most amount of money. I mean, there are people that raise twice as much money as I, more than that, you know? But the important money as it relates to where it came from. From, from When you looked at what, where the money came from, most of my money, I think it was 59% of the money that I had raised um, came from local Chula Vistans, you know, people, you know, their businesses. Or, that speaks uh, volumes. Yeah. I mean, the, the people that, that um, the people that raised the most amount of money were in the, you know, high 20 percentile of money from Chula Vista. And, uh, and so I hope, I mean, I don't know if that's something the voters necessarily, you know, focus on, but, uh, I hope they think about that. Certainly it should know. be, yeah. I mean, it, it could be, it's something you should definitely look at. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah, so I'm raising money. I'm calling people. I mean, imagine that calling people <laughs> on the phone. Sometimes I'm cold calling them. I How does that go? Do people still answer? I know as soon as my phone rings, if, if I don't know the number, if it doesn't say wifey or like parents or sister or whatever, I'm usually just, no, nah, I'm not going to answer that. It's not easy. And you can imagine when you're calling people and you're going to ask them for money. Yeah, right. Or something. I mean, <laughs> some of them I call cold and I just, I mean, I mean, there's always kind of a connection. Hey, you know, your friend told me about you and the, you know, thinking that you might be interested in supporting this campaign and, and just go through, you know, a little bit of an introduction and then ask the question, you know, so do you think you can help me? You can send me a check, go to my website and, uh, you know, or whatever you need to do. And, uh, or can we meet, you know, and, and, uh, and that's how it goes, you know, and, uh, and, and uh, that, I mean, the, the fundraising, connecting with the voters. I mean, right now, a big part of my day mostly is connecting with voters. I mean, I'm walking, I'm going door to door, to door knocking on doors and uh, introducing myself, you know, to, to, to voters and asking if I can put up a yard sign. Um, it's not easy work. <laughs> I gotta tell you, it's a big city, a lot of neighborhoods, but I'm getting out there as much as I can and putting up some signs and and uh, and looking for support, uh, you know, anywhere I can get it. What's a Rudy Ramirez voter look like? What is your target demographic? 
You know, I got to tell you, man, it spans the, the, the gamut. I got to tell you, I, um, uh, people respond to me well. I mean, people have, I think they like the profile. I mean, they like the, you know. It doesn't life. hurt that you're born and raised in Chula Vista. I yeah. mean, that, that could only help you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I, when I talk to, I mean, that's, I start with that. You know, I tell people that. I tell them my, about my history as a businessman, a local businessman. And I tell them about my history on the city council. And, uh, and I'm, they're usually hooked, you know. Some of the partisan stuff, you know, people want to know your party and all this stuff. And I tell them, you know, municipal government is nonpartisan and we want to keep it that way. You know, the last thing I want to do is start getting into the divisive stuff. Yeah. I, and you know something, I, I was just t- talking to some people about this yesterday. I think local government and a local community is a way to get past this divide in our country. We talk about it all the time, right? At the national level, there's all this division, right? People can't, can't talk to each other. I think that when you turn people's attention to local issues, right, local opportunities, and you bring people together to work on those things, you get to know each other and you get to, f- and you figure out that, you know, something, we're all on the same page. We kind of all want the same stuff for our children, you know, for our community. And it bridges that divide. And I plan to use that often if I get elected, bring people together, focus on local issues, you know, the stuff that's happening in your neighborhood and, uh, and, and let's address those together. And I, I've never, I've all, that's always been my understanding of how things work, how things work out. I've been on lots of different projects. It always works out that way. I think it's a cure for this malaise in our country um, with these divisions. You know, I respect everybody's point of view and I want everybody to have their voice heard. Um, but let's, let's sift through that and get to the, how we're going to fix this problem. How are we going to capitalize on that opportunity, you know? And uh, and if we can do that, I think we we accomplish big things. I keep hearing that it, it, you said the word divisive, and it gets more divisive as we get towards primaries and between the candidates. And small town politics is very cutthroat. I haven't seen any of it yet. Is it still too early for something like that to develop? Is it on the horizon? Now that oh, the primaries are May 9th is when the ballots start opening and in June is when the primary election is, correct? Yeah. So what can we expect getting the closer we inch towards these dates? Well, listen, I don't have the resources to put out on any kind of, I mean, not that I would anyways, the, um, any any kind of negative mail. I don't think you see that. You know, it's interesting because we were at a we, candidates forum last night, uh-huh. right? At League of Women Voters. And they wanted just questions and ask, we don't want you to interact with the, with your opponents. We don't want you to, you know, you don't want to call anybody out and eh, it's fine. I suppose it makes for a very pleasant evening. I think people want to see a little bit of exchange back and forth. You know, people get to say things and then, you know, other, other candidates get to say things and we just go, okay, well, okay, whatever. But there's no, we don't challenge anybody, you know, and I think, a respectful, if we are able to do that in a respectful way, which is something I would hope to, I would, I want to do. I think it's good. It's healthy. And it, it provides a little bit of political theater, which is not bad either. It's kind of fun. It could you get to shed some light on people too. Yeah. You know, you get to talk about it and mix it up a little bit. You know, it doesn't have to be a negative thing or a really, you know, downer, but something that helps you contrast yourself, you know, with, um, with some of your opponents. So uh, I'm hoping there's somebody out there that wants to do a, uh, like a real debate. You know, is that a thing? Is that something that we can bring to Chula Vista or anybody anybody can do that? I mean, it's, um, you know, I don't know. It's not, not something a candidate would do, but certainly community organizations. 
let's have a you know let's have a real debate and debate rules. You know, it almost looks like you're looking forward to that. You want they want to say. Take it easy, Rudy. I'll, I'll, put, I'll bring some tables together. We'll throw some beers out there, and then we'll just have a nice little informal debate here at the brewery watch. Yeah, I bet, I bet you'd get some takers. I mean, we had probably, I mean, it was a nice-sized room, but it, it really, last night, kind of felt like, you know, you had a lot of the people that were there to support their candidate, but just folks from the community, I don't know. Maybe How many people were out there? I don't know, just a, a wild guess, maybe 50 people. Okay, okay. And the great majority of them were, you know, with one group or another already with their candidate, right? And and so, uh, you know, for the mayor of the second largest, for a, for a candidate forum, for the mayor of the second largest city in the county of San Diego, 14th largest city in the state of California, um, it's, I think it was a, a kind of a slow turnout. I think a different format that you might bring, you know, you might be able to bring is, uh, might be interesting to get people out. I, I, I agree with the first part, not, not me setting up a forum or anything, never that, but I agree that well, this is one of the main reasons I, I told you earlier, Rudy, as well, that as I wanted to set this up, like bring the podcast and use it for this. We're not a political podcast. And some of my friends are always jabbing at me. He's like, ah, see, whatever, all you do it. I said, we're not, but we're, 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 we live in Chula Vista. Like, well, this is our city. This is our town. I'm a small business owner. I'm raising my family here. Now more than ever has it been more important for me and, and my family and my people to be involved in what's going on. Mm-hmm. To some extent, it's more important. These elections are more important to us from a day-to-day perspective on what we do, raising our family, operating our business, our day-to-day. It's more important than a national election, you know, than even a state election. Because the people who are going to be running the city of Chula Vista are ultimately making decisions on what goes on in the schools where my kids go, what goes on with some of the so, so things that are happening with operating my business, mask mandates, any mandate, anything going on. These are the things that will affect us here locally. So I tell some of my friends, hey, pay attention. You know, it, yeah, I try to be a little funny with the candidates that come in and then you try to humanize the name. You're like, oh, look at the name on this billboard. Or look at the name on this sign. I want to kind of bring a, a different layer so people can see. And that was the reason I really wanted to do this. The pandemic for me, I feel unlocked that. And my wife, my wife more so, because my wife, anytime the news is on or this is, she's like, I don't want to see that. It's just too much of this. It's like, well, we got to pay attention to this now. So then the pandemic gave me a time to look inward and we legitimately sat down. We, we've paid attention in, in, since I started opening this business, I've paid attention. You know, so the last mayoral candidacy and the election, we paid attention. But I feel like I'm much more involved this time. And I know the candidates who are running. Which is the reason I use it for selfish reasons. I told you, I, I, I use it as an opportunity to meet who's running. If I didn't have a podcast or a business, I don't think Rudy Ramirez, if I sent you a text, you'd come over. Hey man, meet me at the Grindhouse on Third Avenue. I, w- I want to talk to you about your plans for the city I live in. You know, or if I, I called, yeah? yeah, for sure. Or like an Amar or yeah. a Jill or a Zanita or a John McCann. Like if I reached out to them, I think it would be a much difficult thing. So what I want to do is like, you know, let me do that now that I have a little bit of a forum and bring people on and, and you guys tell your story. I feel the pandemic opened that opportunity up for my wife and myself to be like paying more attention. So when you say that our city is 14th largest in the, the state of California, the second largest city in the county of San Diego, and there was such a low turnout, I'm not surprised, but I really want more people to be aware of what's going on. So what I'm doing is I'm telling people, hey, come on. Let's go pay attention. If, if, if I'm putting it in a podcast form for you so you can just say, hang out at home yeah. and be listening to it and kind of get a little bit of a foundation on who's running for us. Yeah, no, I think it's good work. It's a crazy time right now, man. Yeah. It, it's a crazy time. There's five people operating right now running for the primaries. Yeah. And you said it's, it's pretty much nonpartisan, but I feel like the lines have already been set. Well, there's six. Well, six of us. Okay, let's yeah, see. Six of us total. 
Quién son? Spencer, Amar, Zanita, Jill, Rudy, McCann. McCann. Okay, says. Okay, so of all of those, I've had five. I've had all of you guys on here except for Spencer. Yeah. And I'll continue to reach out, but I think it, it, it's important that people here, especially in our community, know who's running. Yeah. Some people just see a name. I've been guilty of it in the past. I was much younger, and I'll look at the bell and I'm like, oh man, I don't know, business owner. Oh. Educator, oh my God, city councilors, like, oh, what do we want? Do we want a, a career politician jumping in? Do you want a business owner, a successful business owner who has operated their business, built it from scratch and operated and now it's a success running our, our city? I want a little bit of all of that, but more importantly, I wanted to peel back that first two or three layers and be like, all right, Rudy, tell me about yourself. You went to Castle Park Elementary, middle school <laughs> and high school. You uprooted your business here. Your parents are 92 year old. They still live in the community. Yeah. That's what interests me. And I feel like I'm not alone. I don't think I'm some special case. I feel I'm pretty much your everyday Chula Vista kind of guy, you know? Yeah. Like, and I'm going to ask you the more important question in a little bit. And then and that one's going to speak volumes to me, especially since you're from the Southwest side of Chula Vista. Okay. So we're going to get to that one. Um, <laughs> Actually, I'll get to that one right now. All right. All right. Your favorite taco shop. What's your go-to taco shop? Well, it depends on what, what, what you- I'm what asking you right now, let's we'll see. If I need to get a, if I need a carne asada burrito, I want Roberto's over <laughs> on uh, on Broadway. You're the first one to say that. Good job, all right. For, uh, for a carne asada burrito? Yeah. Oh, well, the, the candidates that have come in. Now, if I get, and if I want if I want a bowl of menudo, mm -hmm. I go to Plazas, which is on Broadway in Anita. If I want the best flour tortillas, the place right down the street, down the street from there, I, I don't know the name of it. Best flour tortillas, bar none. Okay, I, I, I'm I, listening. I'm all ears right now. And I go to Mexico, okay, and I buy stuff in Mexico as well. So I can tell you, you got you got some. I was, uh, you know, we over on uh, on Broadway. We got some nice little places there. Have you been to Italgo? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Pasta bar, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. My, my I think my dad's that's one of his favorite joints to go to. Yeah, yeah. Just a little place, you know, mom and pop restaurant, yeah. you know. You know the Thai place down there. I got, I'm bad with names, you know. I guess I got. Hey, you're talking tortillas. I'm talking Garden Farms on a weekend morning, man. Garden Farms right here on East Street, and I and, and I bite my tongue saying that because I really don't want to blow that spot up, as I feel like it's a little gem, little diamond in the rough. But I feel like they deserve some shine because their their kitchen is equivalent to the the ones that they have here at Carnival or Northgate. But it's around here. It's right around the corner. It's called Garden Farms. I go in there on the like. Maybe once or twice a month, and I get a nice bag of fresh flour tortillas. They make them right there. Right there, man. It's that, that it's for me. Right that's there, the it's just between uh, fourth and third. On yeah, right there, yeah, right yeah, there, right next to the old jewelry spot, and then right next to uh, La Panaderia, which is yeah. the, the name is escaping me right now. Which we go to when we're not getting tortillas. I'm getting pan dulce from here. Yeah. But whatever, I, I appreciate somebody that can you know rattle off some business names no. and tell me that you're from there. What are you looking forward to in a debate? What are you looking forward to as a primary's approach? What do you think the outcome is? Be who is if you don't? Who do you vote for? If we're if you're not telling people to vote for you, who do you see as somebody that can come up and take the space? Okay, I'm going to answer that question. But before I do that, I want to tell you, roll taquitos. Oh, wait, there's castan more. Castañedas on uh, Naples and Third. Okay, Dang, you're taking me deep into the hood. <laughs> Heck yeah, that's not East Lake. <laughs> no, they got some good places in East Lake, do you know? I got to tell you, Romescos. Okay, ah, no, pues yeah, Romescos, of course. You know, you got yeah, it. That's, that's a good date night place. That's a that's, that's a very good date night place. And you know what? I got wifey and I, we went out with some friends and we're hanging out, having dinner. And then all of a sudden we hear this, poof, 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 poof. they have a club in the back of Romesco's. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was like, what the heck is going on back there? Yeah. Bunch of single dudes, single ladies all pulling up and their best dress. I was like, damn, we, we, we played this game wrong today. We got out shun at Romesco's good local spot. man. So anyways, I, what was your question? I forgot your question. What was the question? 
if you if if you don't win, who would you be endorsing? Who do you see as a viable candidate oh, next to you? That is a hard question. Right, good. <laughs> a hard question, you know. I don't know. I don't think I can answer that one honestly. I don't really know. I stumped like Rudy Ramirez. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, everybody's got their thing, you know. I'm really disappointed with the people who are sitting in office now. I mean, that trash strike. You know, go back and look at the public. I, I wrote something. Actually, they published me in Voice of San Diego, which is not an easy thing to do, to have a candidate get published. But I wrote a piece about... They're very unbiased. They, 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 don't, want, they don't want to take sides with anybody. They don't want to take sides no, with No, they're not black. They're not white. They live in the gray, man. Right. And especially it, Mr. Scott Lewis had him in here. And he were, it was a very interesting conversation. A lot of the topics that you're bringing up right now, he is addressing, you know? Well, no, he's, they're top notch. This is a- this Second is, to none in San Diego, I feel. I think you're right. I think they're the best and their, their journalistic ethics are just, uh, I think, unparalleled in their professionalism and their reach. I, spend, I wish they'd spend more time, frankly. I wish they'd spend more time in South Bay. Ooh, listen but, to the episode. I'm going to release it today. Yeah. The, the, he, he said a couple of things that, that struck true to me about setting up shop here in the South Bay, about getting somebody in Chula Vista specifically to take him care of all San Isidro, right. Imperial Beach, National City, Barrio Logan. We require more attention. Yeah, that we do. We have schools, we have, you know, a lot of stuff going on. We require more attention. But, but anyway, so we got, I got, I got published uh, this article about, I mean, the, on the trash strike, because it was just obvious to me. And it was, this was published before Christmas, right? And the trash strike started on the 13th, I think. Of January, can you know? No, in, in, in December? December. Okay. December 13th, this is the trash strike started. And uh, anyways, it was about, uh, everybody seemed to be coming down on, you know, you were either with the trash, with the strikers, with the workers and the Teamsters, or you were with Republic Services, right? And, uh, and, and, and who was representing the citizens of Chula Vista? I mean, this was a, con Republic Services is a contractor for the city of Chula Vista, right? It was rather, I mean, the people at the, the top of the food chain, there's your mayor and city council, and they were absent. They were nowhere to be found as this thing, you know, evolved in the community. And, uh, and especially now, I mean, I know Mary got hit hard because she was on vacation. I, I mean, I, I felt bad about that part of it, um, but she could have checked in via Zoom. I mean, how many Zoom meetings, council meetings have they had? They needed to call a special meeting. You know, they could, any one of the council members could have called, called a special meeting. And so apart from just being a bad deal for Chula Vista residents, and now it's like spun out into some litigation, it's going to cost us more money. So instead of spending the money on the cops and everything else we want to do in the city, we're going to be spending the money on a lawsuit with somebody we got to work with, somebody that hauls our trash, right? And, uh, and then they came back and said, oh, it's, it was uh, the, the bad contract, you know, in, in 2014, pointing the finger, right, um, down, the, down the road. Uh, and none of that was true. I mean, the fact of the matter is that they had plenty of mechanisms to deal with it and they just didn't. And that to me just signaled how detached everybody is over there. So I can't really speak very well about the people who are in office now. They've proven to me time and time again that, uh, that uh, you know, they, they're just not watching the store. They're not paying attention to what they need to be paying attention to. And I don't think anybody like that deserves to be mayor. Mayor's an important job. It's a really important job. I mean, it doesn't have to be an important job. I mean, you can go there and skate and you can have, uh, you know, your, your staff run stuff. But if you want things to happen in your community, you need strong political leadership, right? Anyways, I haven't seen that from the folks there. I think it's the kind of thing I can do. Um, but, and then, and then the other folks, I mean, 
again, you need to have experience, you know? I mean, they're all nice people, well-intended. And, you know, I mean, some of them have, you know, personal political agendas, right? They want careers in politics. Uh, and, uh, and so you have that, that thing going on. But, um, but, you know, fundamentally, you need to know what you're doing over there. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, a learning curve. And, and, uh, and you really need to have that experience. I understand the, dy- the internal dynamics, not just the external dynamics, but you know, with how you relate to your community. Um, but internally, how you motivate that staff, that huge bureaucracy to, sh- you know, turn away from, as I was saying earlier, the internal stuff, the stuff that's going inside and get them to focus on the, on your community, providing their, you know, the best possible services. I mean, we're still closed over there on Fridays, they close down the government on Fridays. I don't have to open everything up, but open up the stuff that touches people, right? You know, why would, it's just, it, it, anyways, so. That makes sense. I mean, as a small business owner, I completely agree. It's falling on a Friday where we've had to submit some paperwork to get something done for a project and we're going to need some permitting done and we have to wait till Monday. Hey, don't get me going down that road. I mean, I got to <laughs> tell you, man, Chula Vista's got a bad rap. The way we treat businesses, the, the time it takes to run, you know, um, projects through it just you know time is money and opportunities you know they appear and then they fade and if you don't you're not there chasing it last night i brought up a, a newspaper article it was in the the union tribune a company i can't remember the name up in the carlsbad area right that just signed a lease for 500 and some odd thousand square feet of office space and they spoke about how they were looking into the future, acquiring another four hundred and fifty thousand square feet, because they could, because they couldn't find any laboratory space, you know. And we got space down here. We got the University Innovation District. You asked earlier about the the, the university. What are you going to do? Um, you know what you need to do. What's what you can do now is you can invite that the research and innovation component of it, right? kickstart that. I mean, these, they're bringing in millions and millions of dollars. They, they're about jobs. They're about, jo- you know, laboratories. They're about research, all of that kind of stuff that you can start doing now. And, and, and don't, I mean, don't, don't um, let go of the educational component of it. I mean, that's the primary reason we want to do it. But the, how do you kickstart something like a university? I mean, you could do what they've been doing, which is wait around for a university to fall out of the sky, right? For yeah. the state to say, "Oh, yeah, we want to do allocate this. one." Yeah, yeah, we want to do another state <laughs> campus. But you know, that money's that money's spent. That money's uh, um, spoken for. You know, and and it's very it's a competitive environment there. I mean, and not, no one's going to say well, if it does show up, we're not going to say, "Well, no, we don't want you anymore." I mean, sure, of course, let's welcome everybody who wants to participate. But how do you create that dynamic environment down here? I mean, we're close; we're the closest we are anybody could be to the international border. It was what a couple of months ago you saw that study: two hundred fifty billion dollars annually. You know, if you broke that just if you broke that down to just like working days, that's a that's a billion dollars of day right? Of economic activity in the Cali Baja region. Chula Vista is in the middle of right that. Right in the middle. We're right in the middle of that. And, uh, and so, um, how, you know, leadership at a, in a mayor's position is important. If you want to really begin to capitalize on that kind of stuff, you're going to need to have uh, an experienced leader, I think, in that, in that position to really make a difference. Otherwise, you know, we can skate for another eight years probably, 
And, uh, and you know, we're all going to pay for it. And our kids are going to pay for it, I think, because we're in a crucial moment in, uh, in Chula Vista's evolution. And if we don't have, I mean, in 10 years, we're going to be, we're going to be very close to build out, you know? And, uh, and so, and, and you're going to, it's going to be harder. It just gets harder, you know? And so, uh, so let's, let's start working now, you know, so that we can accomplish some of this, this other stuff. And I, I mean, I, I, um, I've written a bunch of stuff. I've gotten published, you know, not, just, know, on, ver, not, not just on the trash strike. <clears throat> I wrote the piece on the university. So I'm going to my website, uh, rudyramirez.com. And, uh, and people go and support as well. There is there donation links. Yeah. You can go there and hit the button and donate some money, but go there and check out the, the piece that I wrote on the, on how to get a university. And it's about what I just spoke about a little bit, you know, starting with the, the innovation, the research and all of that. And then uh, blending in the educational component of it, you know, recognizing we're right next to the border and how we exploit that part of our unique identity. Right. But I also wrote this other piece. It's really important. It's not, you know, it's not the big issue that people talk about, you know, or the, I think that the voting public is, is that interested in, to tell you the truth. I think it's a huge opportunity. That's the thinking of Chula Vista as a youth sports mega city, mm. you know, where we are, I mean, we have, because we're a bedroom community, we have all of these families, they all have kids. Well, many of them have kids. They're all going through programs of some sort, usually some kind of sporting activity. It's ridiculous how much talent we have here in, in South San Diego and Chula Vista and San It's, it's overwhelming, whether it's baseball, whether it's soccer, or there's just a, this is like a, a breeding pool for other universities to come and kind of like figure out, oh, you know what? I like the talent here. Let's see what we can do. Well, you, you mean, were you here when they were, we were uh, little league champions of the world? Claro que sí. El compita Luke Ramirez, he, he comes in here on a regular and he works at a Chula Vista golf course. So yeah, we, we get to, we get to like pick his brain every now and then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, little league champions of the world. It doesn't happen accidentally. It's because we got that infrastructure here, you know, for, for, we have the teams, we have the coaches, you know, we have the facilities and we are already able to do that. I mean, we have the Olympic, well, it was the Olympic training center. Now it's the elite, uh, elite training facility. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, that's part already part of our local culture. If we did a little bit more to, as we develop, as we build out, build those facilities, think of in terms of public private partnerships, build facilities that can help us bring tournaments to Chula Vista. Every family that's got a kid in something, they'll tell you about how they travel to other cities and go spend their money somewhere else. We could have that here. We have the ability to do that. We have the land, we have the resources to bring those kinds of facility. Facilities. I mean, that's a top notch facility on these. It's part of our local culture already. This is the sort of thing that we could, if we brought, this is, this is not just a, a way of, of um, or a, a place where we could have activities for kids and sports, which is really important. I mean, imagine attracting top coaches, right, in this community. Um, but apart from that, it, it's, it's something that would help make those kinds of activities more sustainable in the community. You know, city budgets are tightening all the time. Um, the financial model that we have, especially as a bedroom community, is not sustainable. You need to find ways, if you're going to continue to provide those kinds of services, and we're talking about parks and recreation and all those kinds of soft services that really make a difference to the quality of life and the life of young people in a community and their experience uh, in their community, uh, if you're really going to want to keep those programs going, you're going to have to find a way of funding them. And this is a way to do that. And a part, as I was saying, I mean, it's, and it's not just about youth sports. I mean, we have some trails. We have community of people that do their mountain biking in Chula Vista. 
we have tremendous resources here. We have a green belt, right? That not too many people know about. We have so many things that we could leverage to- From the uh, ocean to the mountains, man. Yeah. And uh, anyways, an important project that, that I'm going to be working on uh, as mayor uh, to make that happen. So we have those, uh, those facilities here for the local kids, you know, and local families and, and a way of making it sustainable and growing those programs. And it's not like, I want to say again, it's not just about sports because not all kids are into sports, but these are the kinds of activities where kids really learn life skills, I think that are necessary, I think, when you're confronting addiction the way you are and you're con confronting the mental health issues that many of our youth are facing these days. These are the sorts of things that I think can help. At the same time, you can't pay for these things when they're competing with public safety services, right? These are the soft services. So we have to find another way. We have to find a third way to get at this. I think this is a, a, thing, a way that, uh, that we can do that and uh, enhance the quality of life in Chula Vista. So go check out that piece about youth sports and, uh, and how that might- You're staying busy. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, like, you're asking me what my day's like. I mean, part of my day is I get up and I write stuff, you know? And uh, so, uh, so, so uh, yeah, I, wanna, I want people to, to think about this kind of stuff. And I want to challenge my, my opponents, you know? I don't want to like hide this stuff. I put it in paper, you know? I publicize it, use it, think about it, you know? I mean, if I don't get out of this election, mm -hmm. uh, others do for whatever reason, um, pick up know. where you started. Yeah. And I mean, take think it. about these sorts of things. These are important things, you know, and test it. I mean, if you don't believe me, test it and you'll see that they are important things. Elevator speech time. This is the moment where you could get opportunity to tell all of Chula Vista why Rudy Ramirez deserves to be our local mayor. Sell me, Jefe, sell me. Well, it's just, I think it's back to where we started, right? That it's, it's about the local commitment and the commitment to this community, Right. It's where I raised my family. It's where my fa all my family lives. I, um, you know, I, I, uh, I think that this is a this is a great city and it can be even greater. It needs to be um, because we're we're facing a a tough world, you know, and we want to turn over to our children a better place, right? We have my generation hasn't done a very good job of that, you know. So this is this is my opportunity to m maybe uh, do a little bit more than than we've been able to accomplish as a as a generation, you know. Um, we need to be, we need to be able to do that for our kids. So that's what I want to do. Mr. Ramirez, it's a pleasure to finally sit down and talk with you. I look forward to having a beer with you. We are going to share one a little later, hopefully. Thank you for coming in and spending some time. And you're extremely busy. I know you're out and about getting your name out there, getting people reacquainted with what you're all about. I look forward to May and the, and the elections in June and, and seeing who comes out and who's going to be, a, be our Chula Vista mayor. Exciting times for us again. Anybody wants to help, follow, support, where can we go? RudyRamirez.com. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Rudy Ramirez. Mm -hmm.